Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now, words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. You know, there's a lot of troubles in the world and the church. We read the headlines and say, oh, no, not again. But there's also a lot of signs of hope. The Lord is present. The Lord is working. The Lord is loving. The Lord is recovering people. And our special guest is Father John Horn. He's a Jesuit. Father John, welcome. It's great to be here, Ralph. Well, it's good to have you. And I must give a little personal note of how I got to know Father John. I'm, you know, teaching at a seminary right now is one of the things I'm doing, Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit. And there was a a conference that was being advertised uh, about the interior life of priests for the new evangelization. It's something I'm really interested in. So to make a long story short, the seminary let me go to it. I met Father John. I made an eight-day retreat and just got involved with this tremendous ministry to help deepen the spiritual life of priests and seminarians. Before we talk about all that, let's talk about you. Just tell us a little bit about your story, your journey, how how you got connected with the Lord. And Well, I grew up Catholic, um, Catholic grade school, Catholic college, Catholic high school. Um, I went to graduate school at Georgetown University back in uh, 74 to 76, a while ago. And uh, it was a very lonely time. I was slogging out graduate studies just to try to get a better job. And it was at that time... Uh, that a very good friend who's now a Jesuit as well invited me to Catholic Charismatic Prayer Group and uh, went through Life in the Spirit seminar and really got turned inside out. Prayer became not something that I would do, but something that I where I could listen and receive from God. And make a long story short, I started to learn how to fall in love with God and um, receive His love. And uh, it's made all the difference. Made all the difference, and my life was turned around at that point. How to resolve the question of celibacy, and to experience that as a wonderful gift in God, a spiritual gift from God. But I didn't realize that at the time. But as I learned to resolve the uh, desires for a wife and children with this new found love of the Word of God, um, I started to experience celibacy as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, it, I finished graduate school, two years of graduate school, and. And then I made, the uh, desires came back from childhood about desiring to be a priest. God said to me, I want what you've always wanted. And there was a cataclysm in my heart, a fire in my heart when I heard that. This was after learning about interior prayer for about a year mm-hmm. in the charismatic renewal. Mm-hmm. I remember I started out with one of those simple uh, scripture uh, prayer books that had me, I didn't know how to pray Lexio Divina prayer. So I, uh, someone, a good friend, Father Pete Ryan, taught me how to pray Lexio Divina Prayer in the group. At Georgetown in those days, there were about 600 people who would meet on Friday evenings for a charismatic prayer. And during the week, we'd meet in small groups. And in those small groups, we learned how to pray Lexio Divina Prayer. So I remember just being introduced to basic passages in Scripture uh, from Isaiah and different mm-hmm. passages in Scripture to let them become personal. I think, you know, we all, and that was all new to me. And uh, to ask God, do you really love me? And 
and ask him simple questions in conversation and then sit in silence and receive what would come back. That was what was completely new for me, that I could yeah. sense his personal presence, the Holy Spirit's personal presence, mm -hmm. and learn how to yield to that presence. No one had ever taught me that before. Yeah. Well, the obvious question is, there may be people watching right now or listening saying, I don't, that hasn't happened to me. How can that happen to me? What would you say, Father, to people like that saying, I keep hearing about these people who have these experiences and God becomes real, but that hasn't happened to me. What would you say? Well, I would say that trust that God desires um, to teach you with great delight uh, in a school of prayer. It's my hope, of course, that their own parish would be able to become more of a school of prayer. That's why we were working with the Asim priests. But I'd say trust, go to the Psalms, go to the scriptures, and uh, begin speaking to the Lord from what impacts your heart from the scriptures. And then listen, listen for the consolations, listen for the, the movements of love in your heart. Mm -hmm. And you can ask yourself, uh, is this the presence of God? Mm -hmm. One be, one has to learn how to begin to sense, to taste and see how good the Lord is mm -hmm. within his or her own heart. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are lots of opportunities that are now available in the church, like retreats and like Life in the Spirit seminars, like cursios that have been occasions for people to meet the Lord in this kind of way. So Bible study groups, there's different ways in which people can connect with people who could help them also. Oh, of course, I'd encourage people. But that the group I, a Bible study group, mm -hmm. to learn how to pray with Scripture yeah, yeah. is essential. Yeah. Now you ended up becoming a Jesuit. Yes. And these have been sort of confusing years for the Jesuits. You know, how, how did you keep your bearings as somebody, you know, as you are, you know, faithful to the church and faithful to the Lord and, you know, full of faith rather than skepticism? Uh, how, did you, how did you navigate those difficult confusions, you know, in the Society of Jesus? Well, I'd have to say at first I was, I was confirmed in a desire for priesthood and I had to first look to a variety of types of priesthood. And I was really drawn into the society of Jesus really through, um, this whole sense of the immediacy of God's presence. I had to get to know St. Ignatius Loyola through novitiate and the particularity of the vocation. Um, but the desire to be a Jesuit first started with a desire for what I would say the Lord's magnanimity uh, to do many things, many varied things during the life of priest, of priesthood, serve in a retreat center, perhaps be a missionary, teach, whatnot. How I navigated the waters, well, it's a bit of a mystery to me <laughs> That's, that I'm always retasting. Um, but God has always provided uh, people in each assignment mm -hmm. uh, that would love the church as her sp as uh, as spouse uh be faithful to the magisterium mm -hmm. um and want to pray together at each mm -hmm. at each assignment so the lord's so, giving you the support you needed to keep your bearings and each, keep moving forward in what god had for you even though there's some confusion around oh very much so there, yeah. each step of the way god's provided yeah, that's great well you know tell us how you got involved in this really great ministry to diocesan priests and seminarians helping them to come into this kind of relationship with the Lord? Well, it began with the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius and St. Ignatius Loyola, and I was directing uh, two colleagues in the spiritual exercises, a 30-day silent retreat, uh, really praying through the life of Jesus and then listening in the heart to what God's saying to the, to the retreat. And I had the privilege of uh, serving as spiritual director 
and uh, this is Father Richard Gabuzda and Kathy Canavy, who's a consecrated virgin in the church. And we were friends, and uh, they made the spiritual exercises. We had no intention of founding an institute. Um, and to make a, a long story short, we basically stayed in touch in spiritual conversation as time had moved on after the retreat was over. And about a year had passed. We got together frequently, maybe once a month or so, for dinner and spiritual conversation. And one night, at the end of about a year after uh, my friends had made the spiritual exercises uh, or been fashioned by God through them, uh, it's probably a better way to say it, uh, we posed a question that came up spontaneously. The question came up, uh, if you could write your own ticket, knowing we couldn't in terms of obedience to a bishop and a provincial, but just to free the imagination of the heart to to listen for God, said, if you could write your own ticket, we ask each other, what do you think, knowing our strengths and weaknesses, would be the greatest need in the church? What would what what would what could we do? And the conversation lasted about two hours. It seemed like it went, you know how this conversation it seems like it goes very it's very brief, but really about two hours elapsed. Uh-huh. And basically we said to each other, what's needed is uh, spiritual formation. Uh, for diocesan seminarians and priests, because if you affect one priest, you affect a whole parish. If you affect one bishop, you affect a whole diocese. And there needs to be what we've learned about interior listening and prayer and receptivity uh, needs to be taught uh, and received. So we said uh, we would found some uh, programs uh, that would foster this interior knowledge that and by the end of the conversation, we were in a sense of enunciation, really. There was a sense of awe and fear, and good fear, trembling, that this was possible relationally if we just started taking steps uh, to ask permissions. And, and um, we started taking those steps, and it took two years of prayer and, and uh, labor, but uh, really God did it all. And the Institute was founded out of that conversation, that enunciation experience, two, two years later. Great. Well, Father John, I, I just think it's so inspiring to to see the Lord touching his beloved priests and seminarians. You know, there's, there's such a crisis in the church today. I almost feel like being a priest is the most dangerous occupation there is, more dangerous mm-hmm. than being a fireman in New York City. Uh, people giving their lives to reconciling the world to God through Jesus Christ, being ambassadors for Christ— doing the most important thing that can be done on this earth, which is connecting people with, with the saving mercy of Christ, you know, and the devil, the world, the flesh doesn't like that. And there's tremendous assault on, on the lives of priests today. I'm just so encouraged to see what you're doing to help strengthen and and make more deep the uh, relationship with Jesus, both in the lives of uh, diocesan priests and seminarians. The difference it makes to have a living relationship with God or to experience God's love and to be able to not be alone figuring out on their own resources what to do in a parish, but the Lord is with them and they can listen and be guided. Now, another question that I know people with us right now in this conversation are going to have is, <clears throat> I thought this is what happens in the seminaries. I thought all priests had this relationship. I thought this is how could they need some extra help? I mean, and I know that you have some thoughts about maybe some areas that are being neglected in seminary formation and some, you know, some thoughts about that. Well, I would like to be able to assume that 
priests and have spiritual formation as the center of their seminary formation. And seminaries, I believe, are better than ever academically and um, programs in Spanish, for in Spanish. And yet there is a, a major shift that's occurring in our own lifetime through Pope John Paul II's apostolic letter on Pastoris Tabo Vobis, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Um, and this major shift is to place spiritual formation at the center, governing seminary formation that makes affective maturity uh, what's needed for readiness for ordination and not just having uh, completed academic mm-hmm. courses. Um, what's necessary that what what's necessary is at, at first a time apart, um, apart from the academic pressures, a, apart from the the busyness and the noise. We were talking a little earlier about that, um, where a man can, in a sense, in the desert, uh, taste uh, the Holy Spirit's desire to generate life in the desert, to make the desert flower. And the this time apart is not necessarily part of seminary formation, just to learn how to listen to the interior relationships of the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Mary, um, to, to let these relationships move from conceptual faith, as beautiful as it is, into a more heartfelt faith where we can sense the presence of God through our spiritual senses. It's interesting, the, the title of the Pope's document is Shepherds After My Own heart. heart. The Pope's trying to bring in that whole dimension into no. The heart of Christ, yeah. Well, if if one doesn't learn to to really taste the ongoing mystery of the love of God for him, the future priest in everyday life, um, his identity becomes, unfortunately, becomes tied too quickly to functions. Mm-hmm. Instead of his identity being spiritual father, spiritual physician, chaste spouse, pastoral shepherd, these identities, instead of be that if he can taste these identities of who he is, then the functions can flow out of these identities. But if he doesn't taste himself becoming ever more father, physician, spouse, just like a married uh, man would uh, in in the beautiful vocation of marriage, if he doesn't taste that, um, well, we see uh, many situations that are, are tragic where a man then begins to to uh, have a crisis in faith uh, and uh, he doesn't know how to be in communication with God and so uh, his parish could be humming with all kinds of activity but no one tastes if you say to someone in the pews well how are you experiencing the love of God and they, they can't tell you sometimes so amidst all the activity mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'm answering your yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So seminary formation needs to concentrate yeah. on this. And actually the pedagogy of each class needs to be feeding this interior listening. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, that's not the situation. And though seminaries are ripe for, for uh, I believe, a seismic shift towards this governing spiritual formation, aspect of spiritual formation. Usually there's pastoral formation, human formation, academic formation, spiritual formation, and they don't generally talk to each other. Or if they do, it's at formal meetings. What the Holy Father did was place spiritual formation at the governing center of the others. Mm -hmm. 
uh, to, to say, you know, how are you tasting the presence of God and how can you lead uh, your parishioners into tasting the love of God, well, especially in the middle of suffering? Mm -hmm. We're all built for God, but um, counting himself out, um, we're all made for God. We're all made for this interior listening. We're all made for, to be loved, and that's our deepest thirst, our deepest desire. So, uh, uh, first of all, it's it's not for an elite few. Uh, all people are called to holiness and this and to be contemplatives. Um, and uh, it's quite it's more than possible too. I, I I remember giving the spiritual exercises to a lady uh, years ago who. Uh, raised two children, had one in jail. Uh, she had a half an hour prayer in the morning and a half an hour of prayer in the evening. She worked as a, a paramedic during the day, and she made the spiritual exercises in everyday life, with, and it transformed her life. And she found the quiet in the midst of a very busy and very actually very poor life, um, uh, lower middle class economically. And she's a great witness to me of the, the accessibility of God to, to all of us. Well, Peter yeah. and I have sometimes made the observation that this is a, just a problem in seminaries, the predominance of the academic or the conceptual, or, but that it, the Catholic Church tends to live more in its head. Yes. You know, and they think that if they get a good document published, something has actually changed in the world. And it just gets added to the shelf of documents. And it reminds right. me of like Pope John Twenty-Third when he was asking us to pray for the Second Vatican Council. He was asking that a new Pentecost would come, not just a new set of documents, but a new encounter with the Lord, a new revivifying in the Holy Spirit. And I, I remember when John Paul II announced the, issued the official bull of indiction for the Jubilee year, he said the whole purpose of his pontificate was to help each Catholic be more docile to the Spirit. And, and I think what you're doing is part of this whole thing the Spirit's turning the church to, the, the encounter with God, the docility of the yeah. Spirit, the encounter with Christ, the living personal relationship, and that this is, we're moving from a time where Catholic culture kind of supported people to where it's really falling away. In order to continue as Christians now, we need this kind of personal connection and not just an intellectual belief, but a personal union. Well, we've always needed it, of course, <laughs> yeah. and yet we need it more than ever. Yeah, um, yeah. Father so John, <laughs> we've just gotten going, but it's already time to stop. <laughs> oh, my goodness. At a time when the priesthood is under attack, at a time when priests are, are encountering difficulty, the Lord has raised up uh, a, a solution, uh, one of the solutions he's doing to really try to strengthen and bring life to the diocesan priesthood. And we thank you, Father John, for your faithfulness. We just ask the Lord to keep blessing what you're doing. Thank you very much. Okay. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin. Mm -hmm.